Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 32 of the Point of Pittsburgh podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like we just kind of like copy-paste each intro lately, but wow, it is grim times in Pirate yeah. Town. I mean, yeah. as, as we record this, it appears the Pirates are going to lose their, correct me if I'm wrong, 10th in a row? It is indeed. It Eesh. is indeed. And this is after having some good vibes to start the game. Uh, we got a really strong start out of uh, Mitch, Keller. Mitch Keller. Seven innings, one run allowed, no walks, five strikeouts. Uh, Hank Davis took one over the fence for his first Major League home run. Everything was looking up. But and then infor- the bullpen. Unfortunately, you got to play nine innings, not seven innings. And the bullpen has appeared to have blown this game for the Pirates, uh, giving up five runs in the eighth, including the usually very reliable Dari Moretta. Um, so my time on the couch is uh, going to be weird. Um, I guess I'm just sort of sad, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I kind of lamented just how like tired I am of like the general world and like all the discourse around everything that's associated with sports. And I was like, well, you know, the pirates are having a better than average season, um, by our expectations. And they were, you know, it was a pretty rough May, but I thought, Hey, you know, June started off pretty good. But man, ten in a row just yeah. absolutely just shoots the hole out of the the ship, and there's just no end in sight. Uh, injuries are just piling up, and you can't really count on, quite frankly, anyone uh, to do anything. And it just really sucks. It doesn't suck because the pirates are yet again. Sub 500. Uh, I'm a Pirate fan. I've seen this many a time. But it's like, man, the way they're doing it is like an extra kick in the balls this year. Uh, It's a total Lucy pulling the football out from Charlie Brown. And you and I are usually much smarter about this. And I'm just wondering, like, how we fell for it. Because even in April, we're always like, yeah, but and if you went back to that one where we were talking about them uh, giving Shelton the extension, I was kind of like, "Yeah, okay, I guess we're doing this, huh?" You know, like you can even hear it in my voice. And man, all my stuff about Shelton is just coming right back. And uh, I've never been a fan. I've always thought he was the precursor to this decade's uh, Clint Hurdle. And it sure feels like it's getting borne out. I mean, the guy just is really a bad in-game manager. Um, So here we are in the factory of sadness yet again. And it just makes me really sad. Kevin, I hear you. There's actually a lot that I would want to comment on about your, uh, uh, about your, your, your time on the couch. But the only thing that I'm going to say is I don't want to talk about the major league team anymore this episode. Can we can we can we just talk about the minor leagues and just hope for a minute? Yeah, sure. 
Yeah, I guess. I'm I'm fine with that. All right, let's do it. All right. Um, this future is bright and shiny. It it always is. It always is. It always is. So, how would you like to start off this minor league portion of our uh, podcast? I guess it's not technically minor leagues yet, but um, at the same time, I've been seeing some movement in terms of people's mindset for the 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 one one uh, first overall draft pick uh, mm-hmm. that the that the Pirates are have sitting out there. So. Um, Obviously, Dylan Cruz has been kind of uh, most people's favorite from Jump Street, you know, uh, yep. yours included. You know, I mean, I, I know that you're you're very, very, very high on him. But I'm yes. starting to see Paul Skeens squeeze his way into that conversation a little bit more. Um, yep. He has been incredible, you know, uh, pitching extremely well, extremely consistently throughout the entire season. Uh, big, big fastball, nice breaking stuff, good off-speed stuff. Um, guy looks to be pretty darn major league ready at this point. So who do the Pirates take 1-1? One, one. Um, <laughs> who they should take is Dylan Cruz for all the reasons we've mentioned in the previous. Who they will take? Uh, I am going to hold out for neither. You think it's uh, going to be Max Clark? It could be Clark. It could be Langford. Okay. Um, I really am starting to get the feel, seeing those same tr- uh, prospect wins and reading the tea leaves, that they're going to try to shave a couple million and maybe do a 2021 draft. Okay. Which is how they got Davis, and then subsequently players like Solomito, uh Lonnie White, and Bubba Chandler. Um, it would not surprise me. Uh, I've heard that Cruz wants a ton of money, which is his right. Sure. Um, it would not surprise me if they went to Langford. Okay. Who, if for those real hardcore fans out there, in the episode where we were horrendously butchering, butchering Chase Dollinger's name for half the episode. Hollander. Uh, oh, no, wait, we're past that. Yeah, I think we are. Okay. Right? But you, you made me think about it. So we're, <laughs> where we were butchering it, I said, uh, you know, keep an eye out for this Wyatt Langford kid, too. Now, I am not watching college baseball. I'm not going to lie. I'm just reading articles out there. This is the kind of year where if you're in the top three or four, you're going to get a damn good player. Absolutely. Um, I would be most satisfied if they got Dylan Cruz. But... I think Langford is going to be great. You just don't get the positional versatility. I think Skeens is fantastic. Looks like a potential, if not a number one, at least a number two. The number of pitches that are on his arm in recent starts is starting to get me a little bit edgy. Yeah. Um, And if they take Clark, he's also getting a lot of shine as well. But that, to me, signals that they are not... Uh, thinking that they're on the same timeline that maybe me and you are. Uh, because if you take a high school kid, even if he is a complete stud, that's three years, but it's more likely oh, for four. Sure. You yes. Know? Whereas if you get a Cruz or a Skeens, maybe not a Langford, but a Cruz or a Skeens, 
it is not out of the realm of possibility that you see them touch grass at PNC Park at some point in 2024. Yeah, I honestly think Skeens might be advanced enough that he's the kind of pitcher that somebody could slap into the bullpen uh, uh, in September. You know, like, I'm not saying that it's a great idea. I think he has enough innings and pitches on his arm for this year. Let the dude rest out. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's possible. So you you really threw a curveball at me in this one. So, but I am, I, I don't, I'm at a point where I think the Pirates have some tremendous options. If you go with Dylan Cruz, you get a great player. If you, now, now when you said, though, that he was looking for a ton of money, are you hearing that he's trying to go over slot at this point? I wouldn't say overslot, but I don't think he's given any discounts. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so either. I think he's I going th- full. I think he wants the full 1-1. One, one. Okay. Uh, and if he doesn't get 1-1, one, one, he's going to try to get 1-1 one, one at 1-2 one, or 1-3. One, Interesting. Yeah. That, could make for, that could make for a really crazy rest of the draft if the Pirates do decide to, uh, uh, to move on from him. But I, I, like, uh, I, I do like him. I, I have some concerns about him. I have some concerns. I think he has the highest ceiling of any bat because he has the ability to play center field uh, and yep. play it well. Uh, but he, his big knock on him coming out of high school was that he didn't do well on the wood bat circuit. A lot of swing and miss. He didn't really go anywhere that, you know, I mean, he didn't, he didn't really test himself with wood bat in any of the summer leagues either. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of a little worried about that. I think that's a little, little bit of a red flag or a gray cloud hanging over his head. Uh, with Skeens, I, I, and I don't think you draft the best college player. I, and I honestly do think at this point that Skeens has the best major league tools out of anybody in the draft. Um, I really do, uh, and and I think that he is, is starting to, like like I said, I still prefer Cruz, but Skeens, is, I would be just fine with him. I, I think he's, uh, you know, there's obviously, you know, and, and all the numbers that we've studied over the years bear out that pitchers are at much greater risk, but, uh, again, he's uh, he's looking like a pretty, pretty solid uh, ace possibility, and, again, I do agree with you. I think he could be here in 2024. If if it is going to be a position player, I, I don't hate the idea of Langford and saving some cash. If they can stash $2 million away and get Langford, uh, there might be something a little bit more live in his bat anyway. I don't think he has the upside, but at the same time, I don't think that he's... I, I think he has a higher floor as well, too. I, I'm not really as concerned about the swing and miss with him. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, um, but, you know, I, and, and Max Clark, again, I... I you know, you're right. I'd like to see somebody that's going to reach the major leagues sooner. Um, but again, I mean, he sounds like a pretty advanced bat for a high schooler. So he, it's very possible that he cruises through uh, and, and maybe gets here a little faster. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's a deep beyond this. I mean, we'll probably as we get closer to the draft, we'll talk about some people that we might want to look at in round two. Uh, and, and and the supplemental pick at the end of the, the second round as well, too. Um, but there's a there's a deep, very deep high school crop here. There's a deeper than average, you know, college crop here because, you know, a lot of these guys didn't have a chance to be selected coming out of high school because of the shortened five-round draft the year that they would have gotten picked up. But, 
you know, we've got some, uh, we, this is a really deep high school draft as well too. So, th so there's some possibilities that some guys might slip and that a Bubba Chandler and Anthony Solimento, uh, they might, that type of player might be there um, and, and at, at, the, at the picking for them or at the ready for them, I guess I should say. Yeah. I, I guess like last year, two years ago, I was really impressed with their draft. They collected a lot of extra assets by saving some cash with Davis and Davis is not a slug by any, you know, means. Oh yeah. Um, and then last year I was like really unimpressed with their draft because it felt like they put all their eggs into the Termar Johnson basket. And it was just a little curious why, how they played that out in back to back drafts. And now it kind of feels like they might be going, uh, back to 2021. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's it's going to be fun to follow, um, and and I don't think anything is set. Um, and there's going to be a lot of moving parts. I, I don't think we're going to know, you know, even going into the day, who they're they're planning on taking. I, I think it's going to be, yeah. you know, it, it's it's not going to be one of those deals where the pick gets broken, you know, day or two ahead of time. So I I feel pretty good that you know that we're not going to know. Yeah. So uh, we're about halfway through the minor league season. So it's probably a good time since we're uh, not looking towards the majors on this episode. Let's let's look down on the farm and uh, do a little quick summary of how things have been going for the Pirates uh, on a whole. And then if you want to go a little micro granular, uh, we can also do that as well. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, go for it. So my sort of take on the minor league season has been uh, as we're approaching the major leagues, you know, triple A level, it's, it's probably not going as well as we'd like. There's a lot of guys that have gotten off to slow starts. Uh, there's a lot of guys that have had trouble adjusting. Um, some of them are adjusting a little bit, but you know, it, it just hasn't been, it, we haven't had the, the players that a lot of the players that we've wanted to dominate haven't dominated, uh, dominated up at the, you know, up towards the top of the uh, the farm system, exception being you know Henry Davis, who's been excellent and you know everybody's favorite um, prospect. Anyway, um, so that being said, at the lower levels, I think there's been a lot of growth and a lot of surprises. Uh, you know, and and I have enjoyed following them down down there. I, I think that there's probably more good storylines though at this point than there are bad ones. Um, and I think some of the storyline, I, I think some of them are really good, good. And we'll talk about some of those players here in a second. So, yeah, I, I think, um, there's always ups and downs and I guess what you want to see is, is there a consistent, um, number of prospects at each level that you're theoretically just going to keep moving up mm -hmm. a chunk of, of, of critical mass of prospect, you know, level. And the Andy Rodriguez down year, if you want to, however you want to term it, is kind of slowing down the AAA train a little sure. bit. Um, I don't really count Henry Davis as a AAA prospect because he was really just there for a, a quick tune-up. Um, and then we haven't really seen, aside from Luis Ortiz, obviously, we haven't really seen a lot of good, solid AAA pitching come up, starting pitching. Sure. Um, so AAA has been a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, 
for me, uh, I think the, the it, and I don't know if this is just indicative of how things are because they are, haven't been tested as much, but it feels like the low A and high A teams have been the real stars this year. Sure. Um, with, with the flashiest number of players. And, and obviously as they ascend the, the ladder, you know, those guys get weeded out as they get tested against harder competition. But I've really liked what I've seen out of some of the pitchers, um, but especially a couple uh, prospects who we're going to talk about here in a little bit that have, that are, in my opinion, not just vaulted onto uh, pirate fan radar, but I think you're going to see a couple that are going to get into the national discourse of T100 level prospects. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So uh, I see here that you have a few, uh, just like we're doing yearbooks for high school. Superlatives. Few, few superlatives. So first one up is biggest riser or breakout. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Anthony Solomedo. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I, 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 you know, the extra velocity, we heard about it coming into spring training. Had a tough April, but he's, uh, you know, uh, and, and by tough April, I mean he had a, a, an ERA approaching four. Um, and then he's pretty much dominated ever since. So uh, including his first start uh, in in double A, um, just a really, uh, really good game for him there. Uh, and, and he's already been promoted. He's super young for the level. I think he's the youngest pitcher in all of double A at this point. Uh and he's one of the youngest players yep. in the Eastern League, so uh, he's got that funky lefty delivery that has been, and enough enough stuff at this point that really could have him playing towards the front of a rotation. Uh, and I just uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if we necessarily we knew he was going to have some polish, but I don't think we saw the upside in previous seasons. I think now we he still has the polish. And now we got the upside, so uh, it's it's not all the question that he's going to be pitching in the majors next year, which would be lightning fast for a high school guy. Yeah, that that would actually be really wild um, to see that. Uh, we're going to have an upcoming episode as we approach the draft here on July 9th. Um, it's uh, like a little bit of a preview here. It's going to be about how poorly the Pirates have been. Is it drafting or is it development? That's always the chicken or the egg question. Sure. But just getting productive players and to maybe have uh, Solomedo and Davis represent the 2021 class within two to three years, that's going to be one of the most productive classes uh, with, with, without even really thinking too hard about it. Uh, of the last 10 years. And it's probably going to go back to the 2008 class, which has always been the the high water mark, which is kind of rough to say because it's still not like a franchise changing draft, but that was the Alvarez, um, Mercer and, uh, Justin Wilson year. Mm-hmm. And that, that was by war that that has been the most productive draft class of the past, uh, 20 years, I believe. But anyway, we're kind of giving away the, the store a little bit on that episode, but all in all, what it's saying is that if Solomito gets up here, he's that's going to be a, quite a nice reflection on the development side. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so my guy is uh, the player who I think is the biggest riser, not only in the pirate system, but I truly think he's going to sniff one, if not more, lists for the top 100 uh, baseball-wide, and that's Sung Chi Chang. Uh, he's the shortstop out of Taiwan that they signed a few years ago. And he was also going to be, uh, spoiler alert, my guy that needs to be promoted uh, coming up until you told me right before we started the episode that just today they promoted him. But um, he is having an amazing season. Uh, prior to his promotion today, he was at high A and he had a sporting a 981 OPS, 308, 406, 575, triple slash. Nine home runs, nine triples, 13 steals. Um, great uh, ability to draw a walk. Not a ton of strikeouts, uh, by and large, especially in today's day and age. And he's a guy that uh, is going to be shooting way up into my personal top 10. And like I said, he's probably going to be getting some love for T100s. Yeah. I um I'm with you on that. He's 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 an exciting player. Um, you know, and and certainly somebody that I gave consideration to as well. So, um, but that being said, why don't we uh, let's move on to our next one, which is biggest decline. Do you want to go ahead and start us off with that? Yeah, um, I'm getting some real Stetson Alley twenty you know twenty twenties vibes out of Bubba Chandler. I'm just not sure it's going to work out for him. And I take no joy in saying that. Um, but it just feels like right from the start, it was just cut and paste the script from Stetson Ali, you know, the two-way player, the big arm, guy who could have gone uh, for football, all that kind of stuff. And it's just not working out for him this year. Uh, at high A, he's got a 6.44 ERA. Um, got a lot of strikeouts, but 34 walks, seven hit batters, uh, decent amount of home runs given up, more hits than innings pitched. It just shows that he's not got great control, and when he does control it, it's right in the heart of the plate where people are yanking it out. And I don't think he can go back to being a bat because it wasn't super impressive when he was doing it uh, last year. So it just is starting to feel a little bit uh, like Stetson Alley from decade past. I, I wouldn't say that it's that extreme for me. I mean, he's definitely been disappointing this year. He seems like a guy that is prone to meltdowns. Like, he, you know, I've watched a number of his starts and he's done just fine for three innings. And then he'll all of a sudden just melt down in the fourth. So actually, he sounds like he's ready for the Pirates right now. I think you could just promote him to the Major League Club and he'd fit right in. You know, I, that sounds like, I think that's where he belongs, personally. Ugh. I thought we weren't talking about the Majors. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, But I, I'm still holding out hope for him, man. I, I, I agree with you, though, that he's, he's definitely slipped quite a bit, though, this year, so... Another guy that might be uh, ready for the majors that makes my biggest decline is uh, 
and he's only ready for the majors because he's injured, um, you know, and that would be Mike Burroughs. So, um, and, and nothing against him whatsoever. I still think he's going to be a major league player. I just don't think he's, he's not in my top 20 anymore um, because I do think that he's very, very likely to come back as a relief pitcher. I think it'll, we're going to see, I, I think we're going to see the Pirates treat him like Cody Bolton in the sense that, you know, they kind of quickly shift him to the pen just to kind of have him ready. So like I said, I not super down on him and I hope I'm very wrong because if he does end up being a starting pitcher and they, they do bring him back as a starter, he goes right back up as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. I, I do kind of see him more as a bullpen guy at this point. Is there any truth, to the rumor that he really is just hoping he sticks in the majors and gets uh, 106 days of service time? He just wants to be able to vote in a swing state like Pennsylvania. I think that's really what it comes down to. So he's really, they're, they're, he wants to be on Altoona's roster at the very least. So um, yeah, I mean, just to let every listener know, I'm going to keep writing that joke right into the sun, just to let everybody know. Well, so. thanks. Biggest surprise. Yeah. Uh, you go first. I just want. Okay, I will. All right. So Braxton Ashcraft would be my biggest surprise. Again, a guy coming back from. Tommy John, probably somebody that I would have thought was on the Mike Burroughs path or the, the, the Cody Bolton path, but he's, uh, they're, they're, they're obviously limiting his in, innings right now, but he's, uh, he's moved up three levels, uh, wasn't particularly impressive prior to injury. Um, you know, so the fact that he's come back and, you know, it's just hit the ground running is, uh, is, is really impressive for me. So, uh, I'm going to go with him as my biggest surprise because I wasn't wasn't really expecting anything out of him anymore. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, I'll go with Thomas Harrington. Okay. He, you know, after I just mentioned how 2022 was a little bit of a down draft, um, I'll be a total hypocrite and talk about last year's uh, compensatory pick in a competitive round balance, whatever they call it nowadays. Um, he came out of Campbell College. He is just about ready to turn 22, but this is his age 21 year. Uh, he had a really nice run at low A. Uh, he was probably not supposed to be at that level, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, he was recently promoted up to high A. He's countered a little bit of resistance there, not as smooth sailing as sure. he was seeing at low A, but um, still has more strikeouts than innings pitched. Uh, the walk rate is very respectable after four starts. So he's kind of still just chugging along, um, just finding his way. And for me, he's the, uh, the biggest surprise. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes perfect sense. And, and again, certainly a guy that I considered here as well. So, yep. I uh, I like this next category. Uh, it's the still sleeping category, and the way you phrased it is unrealized potential that still might come. So basically, who are you still burning a candle for? And um, for me, for years, it would have been <laughs> Lolo Sanchez. Oh uh, gosh, yeah, no, yeah. not burning that candle anymore. No, that that, that candle's that way out. That one's out. I, I burned my hand on that one. I let it run too, run too long. So I'm going to go with uh, Michelle Meliano. Okay. That's a good uh, pick. He, he came over in one of the San Diego Padre trades. 
Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember if it was the Fraser or the Musgrove one. I want to say it was the Musgrove one. Nope, it was the Fraser one. So if he could actually turn into something, we could turn Adam Fraser into Tuka Peter Marcano, Jack Swinski, and Michelle Meliano, which <laughs> means that he will be great for a couple weeks and then be terrible for a couple weeks, uh, especially at key times. But I digress. Um, he's got a huge arm with a lot of strikeouts in it. Uh, the unfortunate part for him is that his control uh, in terms of the walk rate has never been great. Um, but he's improved it somewhat this year. But that's not saying much. Uh, when you consider that he was averaging one walk per inning the past couple years, he's got that down to two-thirds of a walk per inning this year. Um, but baby steps. Uh, but he's a guy that I'd like to see a little bit more out of. Yeah, so mine is uh, Leover Pregero, and I know he's obviously been a top 100 prospect and a highly rated Pirates prospect for quite some time now. Uh, but that said, he's seen his stock slip, and I don't know if that's really necessarily fair. He's been super young for level uh, for years now, and he just encountered a little bit of trouble in Double A, and now he's uh, he's really um, he's really sustained uh, a pretty decent rate of hitting for like the last two months, uh, and yeah. you know I, I I really like what he's doing right now. A lot of doubles, lots and lots of doubles. Uh, he's hit some home runs here too recently as well. So uh, power's coming. It's just you know maybe he's just starting to you know as 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 his age is catching up with the age of the folks around him. It, it just seems like he's playing up a little bit more. Uh, and I mean, do I think that he's going to necessarily be a stud? I'm not sure on that yet, uh, but I do think he has the capacity uh, to do so. So he's he's having. If he's had a better month, like just, you know, a split month in his career, I'd really like to see it. Um, he's got a 321, 368, 593 triple slash. That's a 961 OPS. He's got five home runs this month. Um, yeah. And uh, he seems to have unlocked something. Uh, I'm not sure what. He's, from what I've heard, been one of these guys that is not the most coachable. So maybe the the light has gone on. Uh, but the thing about Perguero is uh, my man's still only 22. That's so it. he is still, he's still very age appropriate for being in double A. Um, and you got to figure that he's going to move up next year uh, full time. I think he might get a cup of coffee, obviously, but they got to make way for Chang. So he'll move up to triple A and he'll be at triple A at age 23. Uh, and that's absolutely no shame in that. Yeah, and I think we'll see him at AAA here. I, mean, I think we'll see him there even this this season. So, yeah, um, but yeah. yeah. Um, All right. So, just like uh, Serenity now from the old Seinfeld episode, this next one is called Promotion Now, and these are guys that uh, really are in need of a new challenge. So, I'll I'll go first. Okay. Um, mine was going to be. Sung Chi Cheng, until you informed me that uh, he got moved up today. So I thought, okay, I'll I'll go check out JP Massey, and whoop, he got moved he up got too. Moved up too. Yeah. So my answer is uh, nobody. Everyone's good. Yeah, they actually are pretty 
it's pretty close, in my opinion. I agree with you on that. Like, everybody's kind of at the level where they need to be right now. I, yeah. I wouldn't, I was honestly thinking about having a topic about two weeks ago saying, hey, they got to figure this out. This, these, some people need to get moved around. But I, I think we're in pretty good shape at this point. So, uh, but I'm going to go with Ryan. The last guy that I think needs to be promoted still is Ryan Harbin. Uh, and he is, uh, he's just a relief pitcher at Bradenton. But he's absolutely dominated, and uh, he was, I believe, an 11th round pick in 2019, or mm, if I okay. remember correctly. So, um, you know, but he was, uh, he was a high school arm out of there and, you know, developed slowly, but they've moved in the pen, and he's been great, and I think it's time for him uh, to, to get a new challenge and, and move up. And, you know, being that he's a bullpen guy, I'd love to see him not just, uh, you know, if, 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 if if Greensboro is too easy for him, move him on up to Altoona soon too. So, yeah, that that actually is a curious one. Uh, he's not someone that's been on my radar, um, but you are correct. He was drafted in 2019. He's 21 years old. Uh, that is curious why he hasn't been um, been pushed up a little bit. Yeah. So, last one is closest to the majors. And I will let you handle this one first. Yeah, I'm going to go with Colin Selby. Um, he's been a guy that we've uh, that was added to the the 40 man roster last year in the off season. Uh, I think he's uh, I think he would already be up if he hadn't gotten hurt. Um, so uh, he's been back. He's thrown a few innings since uh, shutout innings, and God knows the Pirates could use some help in the bullpen. Yeah. Um. Just to be different, I'll say Quinn Priester. Not necessarily by merit, but uh, almost by default because they are really in need of some arms. And I just uh, feel that his time is going to be coming soon. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, that was a kind of interesting look around the old system. Yeah, Um, as long as we don't have to look at the Major League Club right now. That's, uh, That's all that matters to me. We always end every episode by doing our three stars of the week. Um, typically, it's on the major league level, but that is way too depressing. I would need to have a whole fistful of antidepressants for that. So, Steve, um, I know you keep a closer eye on the, the, the day-to-day things of the minors. Uh, you watch a lot of the minor league games online. So why don't we do something a little different? I'm going to let you fly solo on this one. Why don't you give me your three minor league stars of the week? Okay, so number three, uh, Jared Jones, who since the last time that we recorded, uh, he got himself a promotion in Indianapolis. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, uh, he had himself a nice start uh, going into the fifth inning, no runs allowed, and uh, got his got the first, uh, first out, and then I think a single, and then the second out, and then proceeded to walk two guys, got pulled, uh, and Daniel Zamora came in and uh, went and walked the next three batters in a row. So he got dinged for three uh, earned runs, but I don't think that that's really indicative of the quality of start that he had. So uh, really just sort of dominating for the first five innings. So uh, and, and his last start in AA was great as well, too, and happened since the last time we recorded. So I'm going to go ahead and make him my third star. For my second star, I'm going with... Uh, Last year's uh, draft pick, uh, the you know uh, fourth rounder Michael Kennedy, uh, the left-handed pitcher out of New York. So uh, 
he is uh, he's in 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 the uh, in the GCL right now. He's in he's still in the uh, he's still in rookie ball, and I don't normally pay a ton of attention to rookie ball pitchers. Um, but in the past week, he's uh, he's had two starts. He's gone uh, uh, seven and a third innings, and he struck out twelve batters, um, which is pretty impressive. Uh, it, seven innings of shutout ball, um, kind of dominating the level. He's might be a guy that is going to squeak into that conversation that we just had about promotion now uh, here very very soon. But he is making light of the level. Um, Last but not least, the number one, or I mean, so not last but not least, but the uh, the most, I guess, last and most uh, would be Termar Johnson this week. Uh, he's absolutely been sick. Um, so his uh, his triple slash line this this past week was was seventeen hundred. He's he had three home runs. <laughs> uh, he's uh, Coming into today, he had two strikeouts in 16 plate appearances. Now, he didn't have a great day today. He did not have a great day today, so he had three uh, three plate appearances and two strikeouts. Uh, Bradenton really got blown out of the water this afternoon, but, uh, you know, so so that, that brings him back down to earth, but he, um, he was ridiculous this week. There's a chance that if we'd included my major league players that he still would have been my number one star for the week this week. Yeah. Yeah, he, he has been on fire. Um, it's good to see him cutting out on the strikeouts. Yeah. Um, His I, strikeout I, numbers he, are have always they, – they've been kind of weird this season in the sense that he's not really striking out because of swing and miss. It's more or less he's just super patient and just gets uh, – he, he gets he gets a lot of called third strikes. Like rather than um, – Rather than like, he probably needs to be a little bit more aggressive and just foul some pitches off, you know, um, you know, or just borderline pitches. Just take a swing, foul them off, get an, you know, reset, you know. Um, but he just he's he's making these guys at this level pitch to him, um, you know, and they don't always successfully do that. Uh, he's his strikeouts are like almost like the opposite reason of why Nick Gonzalez was having strikeout issues at the beginning of the season. Uh, Gonzalez was, um, you know, obviously he's got swing and miss stuff on the breaking pitches and that's, that, that's well known, but he's also super aggressive and would guess early in counts. And once he would get behind his, his two strike approach was just hot garbage at the beginning of the season. So, um, you know, uh, Termar would, uh, get ahead in counts and, and, and the pitchers would catch up because he was just like not giving in. And, and swinging at their pitches. He wanted to, if he got to three balls, he, he wanted to just draw walks. So, um, but it, it is nice to see that he's, he's hitting better. I, really both of those guys that I just mentioned are hitting better of late. So. Well, is it going to get better next week? Nope. Oh, you know, God. actually funny enough, I found that when we, um, I found that when we record these episodes, we talk about the doom and gloom that had happened for the couple days previous, and then as soon as we record the episode, it seems like they uh, the, the prospects get better. And so because I, – I, I blame us completely here, that because of our oh, technical yeah. difficulties the last week, um, our mental and technical, technical difficulties, that we are the yep. cause of this losing streak because we never, we never put on an episode, so therefore we never reset. The, the 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 just the, the the flow of things you know so we're oh, we're oh, we can, we're, we're they just give saying. us enough fodder to com- 
fodder to complain right before we record, and then they do better afterwards. So it's that's what I think happened. It's uh, it's on us. That that or is ben interesting. It's it's one of the two. Um, mostly Daniel or mo- mostly Shelton though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's actually the guy. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we gotta. Yeah. Stop. We do. God, I'm, now now I'm thinking about the major league team and I'm getting like a case of the sads. Yeah. But. All right. Well, I, I'm gonna go eat like a whole jug of orange sherbet. Oh. Or a carton. Nice. Not jug. I I I stress eat sometimes. I don't know. If, have we ever talked about this? I didn't know that. I honestly have never. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, uh, my my real trigger is Dutch crumb apple pie. If you see me buying a Dutch crumb apple pie, John Eagle, dear listeners, uh-huh. uh, I've been going through some shit. So, but orange sherbet's another one of mine too, and we actually got like a free carton of it. Uh, my daughter's softball coach had like a little end of year get together and basically way overbought and was just like handing out like ice cream at the end. So I told my son to go grab some orange sherbet because I knew that that was going to be uh, pirates suck. Get guy. some sherbet kid. Yep. Oh man. Yep. I, you know what though? So about, sherbet un- is so underrated. Chronically oh, underrated. Super underrated. Yeah. I uh, actually make my own lime sherbet. Huh. It, it rips. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened while we're starting to talk food and my own neuroses, but um, we're definitely going to stop this podcast now. All right. So I'm Kevin Craig. I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thank you.